Thanks for coming to our home in Irvine, California for Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We're glad to have you and your friends in our growing community of soul shepherds. We love hearing from you by email, social media, and on soulshepherding.org. Today, we're going to answer a question on empathy that one of you have sent us. Even though empathy is not a word in the Bible, it's everywhere in our sacred book and in the Lord's relationship with us. Tender-hearted care is an essential soul nutrient for you and the people you minister to. Well, it's a summer day, and I've been missing having tea like I used to make us during these podcasts. But then today, we each had a little bite of ice cream. (laughs) I had coffee ice cream with flourless chocolate cake. Yum. Decadent in the middle of the day. Yeah, well, I say yum, but I really don't like coffee. So I had mint chocolate chip ice cream with my flourless chocolate cake. Uh, it was a sweet treat in the day. Thanks, it was. honey. Yeah. Well, it was really fun. We don't usually do that, so it's kind of fun. And it was fun to get a letter here from Penny Harper. She says, I just wanted to reach out to you and thank you for soul shepherding. I found you a few years ago when I was struggling with anxiety. And she says in particular, the podcast where Christy shared about her great niece being in the NICU and when Christy was triggered with old trauma was so incredibly timely and helpful for me. She continues, that moment was a turning point in my walk with God and a grace to know him more intimately. So thank you, Christy. Oh, thank you, Lord, for using me and and us. It's a real privilege when God uses us. And when people respond, thank you, Penny, for responding to the Holy Spirit, opening there to touch your soul with his healing. It's an honor to be wounded healers for the Lord. After Jesus, the ultimate and perfect wounded healer who died on the Mm -hmm. cross for us and rose again to reconcile us with God. Penny was uh, referring to the podcast Emotional Healing for a Trauma Trigger back at the end of July in 2017. And then we also did a devotional, Christy did, on calming emotional triggers. If people would like more devotionals from you, honey. Well, we'll see. I <laughs> <laughs> will have to be at work with the Holy Spirit, Bill. <laughs> I'm not the writer, but you're getting me to do it more. <laughs> it's a blessing when you share, honey. Thank you. Well, we've got another great email from one of our listeners. We just love hearing from you in our community. It's really fun for us. This is a question, right? We're doing empathy Q&A. That's right. Yeah. So Marlon asks, Bill and Christy, your Soul Talks podcasts have been my constant companion. I learn something new about myself each time when you process your emotions. I would like to suggest a talk about a reluctant husband who is not self-aware of his emotions. How can I, as a wife, help him share his feelings? How do I get him to open up and share his emotions with me? As I learn more self-awareness, I realize how deficient my family is on this skill. I need Jesus' loving grace to help me. Well, Marlon, you are not alone. This is something we hear quite often, and we know people like this. So we feel great compassion for you, and we're really excited that you're getting a vision here. You're growing in self-awareness, and you're wanting this for your family. That's huge. That's really exciting. Yeah, and we hear Marlon's hurt and disappointment Mm -hmm. that she's listening to our podcasts and probably observing other relationships. She's wishing she had more emotional intimacy with her husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I felt that early in our marriage. You did, I know. I I was that reluctant husband. Well, you were. 
And sometimes it goes the other way. Yes. Sometimes the husband is the one who's more tuned in emotionally mm-hmm. than the wife. And, yeah. and it's not just a marriage thing. We have this no. in other family relationships. We have it in our friendships. So many of you listening are soul shepherds. You have ministries as pastors, small group leaders, as 12-step sponsors, as counselors, spiritual directors, soul friends, many ways mm-hmm. that we listen to others and care for others. And so all of us who are soul shepherds, we know what it's like to be connecting with someone who is emotionally reluctant, and yeah. it's difficult to connect with them, difficult yeah. to help them open up and be vulnerable and to really facilitate some heart sharing and bonding. Yeah. And for those of us that are really longing for that increased connection emotionally with our loved ones, it's a temptation for us to go into shame and think, well, maybe it's not a good thing that I want this. Maybe I'm too needy or maybe I'm too emotional or maybe I'm, you know, expecting too much. Maybe I'm just setting myself up for disappointment. And uh, it can be confusing. Is this a good thing to press on for and to continue to hope for and want to invite my loved one into? Yes, I am so thankful that you pressed in and kept asking me, how do you feel, Bill? And you prayed and sought the Lord and kept trying to find different angles into my heart without criticizing me or pressuring me. Well, sometimes you did those things. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you taught me, honey, you would give me feedback that was good about how this feels smothering, Christy, or gosh, it feels like you need me to have emotions for your sake. <laughs> you would you would give me some things like that, and mm-hmm. it was good for me to hear that and look at, kind of examine my motives and think, hmm, well, wh- where is that true? And well, that's not good. That's not the place I want to be coming from. And to also be able to find a place of compassion and empathy for you and your experience in that, it's like, that was good. Yeah, and I, I learned that I was missing something is what that helped me do when when you relaxed the the pressure mm-hmm. and contained some of your needs more, which a lot of that meant just asking for what you needed mm-hmm. rather than sort of reacting to the needs and being yeah. driven out of an emotional need unconsciously in a way that you're putting that on me with insecurity or even maybe a feeling of some desperation yeah. coming out of a deep deep I loneliness yeah. and hurt, which is understandable, but when that was coming at me without it being conscious to you, then it would be like, whoa, it'd be really overwhelming to me, especially because I had some boundary issues within myself. And because I wasn't aware of my emotions, that made me very sensitive to become overloaded by yours, Yeah, which is something that, that our listeners might not understand. That's really an important thing. So if I was feeling, and, and at times, as you said, I was feeling smothered by you, well, that doesn't just mean, well, Christy was smothering Bill, or she was too needy, or she was overloading him. Well, there was, some of that was going on, but what was more significant to my experience, what was going on with me, on my side, and that was my emotional disconnect, and not being aware of and accepting of my emotions, made me sensitive to be overloaded by your emotions. Because if I don't know what I feel, and then your feelings come in, that makes starts making it hard for me to breathe. Mm-hmm. Well, and and on the reverse, this is kind of complicated. But if I'm having needs and emotions that I'm not fully aware of and owning, and I'm coming at you looking for you to meet those, that is very draining and overwhelming for you. And I was not conscious that I was doing that to you, so it was really 
helpful that you helped me to see that. And I think that's, that's, we see this a lot with couples that we work with when we're working with them together in counseling, Bill, is that each person's very aware what the other person is doing that's hurting them or that they don't like, but that person's not aware of it. And so it's easy to see what the other person needs to be working on, but be blind to our, not aware at all of our part of it. And so I think it was really helpful to be able to hear that you knew something about me that I needed to learn from in this dynamic in our relationship. And then you trusted that I knew something about you that you needed to learn from. And so we started setting aside our judgment of the other one or our judgment of the reality of the dynamic between us and really tried to become more self-aware about what we were hearing feedback-wise from the other one. Which is a very delicate thing to receive feedback from somebody, whether it's your spouse or your friend or your your boss, is a a pretty threatening thing. We're we're pretty vulnerable to feel judged or criticized. Well, I did. I felt more than that. I would feel hurt and I would go into self-pity and victim mentality and uh, then I'd react in anger. I'd go through all of that before I finally learned to recognize, wait a second, he's holding a mirror up. And I remember that quote that says something, oh, what a gift someone gives you to see yourself as another sees you or something like that. I started to think, you know, wait a second, there's a gift there he's giving me that I'm not receiving. It takes a lot of courage for you to do that. And and there's also a lot of proverbs that say, you know, the wise listen to feedback. But on my side is, in this example, being the one who's giving some feedback. And, and of course, you gave me feedback also. It Mm -hmm. goes both ways. But it's really a secondary thing. I think it's real important for all of us to understand that in a relationship, whether it's a um, family relationship, friendship, or ministry relationship, the, the giving of truthful feedback is very secondary to being emotionally present mm-hmm. with grace and compassion. That's right, because you can't receive the, receive the feedback if it's not given in love. Uh, yeah, and really you can't receive feedback unless you ask for it. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes we ask in an implicit way. We're open to it. But if someone is not open to feedback and you're pushing it on them, you're just building up a wall of defense and it's not going to be helpful and it's certainly not going to be experienced as loving. Yes. So there's a lot of nuances here to work out. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do a role play in a minute here, but let's just back up and give some more context. So one of our favorite scriptures is Colossians 3, 1 to 17. We've both Mm -hmm. memorized this at the recommendation of Dallas Willard. It's one of the key spiritual formation passages, and we use this in our TLC retreats program that we do. If you do the whole two-year program, you get uh, an incredible immersion in spiritual formation and soul care. And this is for all kinds of men and women in ministry. And we love doing these TLC retreats. During these weeks, we practice a rhythm of life, and that includes meditating and, and praying scriptures in different ways. And memorizing scripture, one of our passages for one of the weeks is this Colossians 3 passage. And right in the middle of it, Paul says to us, it's one of our favorite verses that's very much speaks to the heart of soul shepherding. He says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Don't you love those words? I do love those words. Yes. How do you do that? Those are words of the heart. Well, I think what he's saying is wrap yourself in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Wrap yourself in the Holy Spirit. Let God hold you where you're hurting. And the context Paul's giving us here, he's talking about helping us get free from 
lust and greed and anger and repeating conflicts in our relationship, the stuff of life, the stress and pain and hurts that we have in our family and our other relationships. And he puts it in the context of us being God's chosen people. Mm -hmm. And so you ask, well, how do you do this? How do you clothe yourself in compassion and so forth? Well, it's, of course, it's through Christ, but it's through our Christ in community. It's in, Paul goes on to unpack this in Colossians 3, that it's through love one another relationships. It's through how we come together in the ways that we listen to each other, in the ways that we minister God's peace to each other, in ways that we pray and sing the scriptures together. I know I think a key there, too, is earlier in the passage, that our lives were hidden with Christ and God. Mm-hmm. And as we recognize that and we draw our life, and Christ who is your life appears, it says, when we draw our life from Christ, mm-hmm. then we're able to treat each other with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And then it goes on, bear with one another, forgive whatever grievances you have against one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you, receiving his forgiveness. There's all kinds of really helpful relational power in this passage, and it's been helpful to me. And I think Paul is speaking right to the emotionally reluctant person. If you just, if I, as someone who is not wanting to feel my tender, vulnerable, hurt places, my needs, I'm wanting to stay in my head, I'm wanting to stay busy, and then the Lord comes to me and says, Bill, you need to be clothed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Let me hold you. Let me wrap you. You see, that's evoking my inner stuff, my feelings and longings and needs and the sins I need to confess and my weaknesses, places that I need comfort and strengthening. That's good. Well, thanks for practicing that with me. (laughs) So I was that emotionally reluctant person. Yeah. Let's have a conversation like we would have had a long time ago when our kids were little and let our listeners just kind of listen in. Okay. Hi, honey. How was your day? Oh, busy. Well, I'd love to hear more. I don't know if I want to talk about it. It's just, you know, you know what I did. I, I taught a class and uh, to the uh, lay counselors, and then I saw some clients, and it was a lot. Well, how'd you feel about the class? Oh, it was, it was okay. I'm just tired. I don't, I, don't, I don't really want to go back into all that. I think I just need to watch TV and go to sleep. Well, I'd love to connect. I've missed you today. Yeah. Tell me, what have you missed? Well, it's been kind of lonely. I haven't gotten to talk to, you know, adults. I've been, I've been given. I'm tired, too. I'm, I'm really tired. The kids have just needed so much today. And tantrum, just I could not get them satisfied. And it just seemed like whatever I did, they wanted more. And they were fighting. And I just, it's just exhausting. So I've just been, I've just been looking forward to connecting with you. Well, I feel like I should listen to you, and that would be be good. But I just I don't have it to give. I've been listening to people and working hard, and I I just I'm done. Well, um, I don't really need you to listen to me, but I'd sure love to hear more about your thoughts. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it'd be good for me to share. Yeah, I'd really like to. I wanna, you know, I wanna know you. I respect you when you share with me your process, your thoughts, your feelings. It helps me know you more. It helps me pray for you better. 
well, I, I guess I'm, like I said, I'm tired. I'm, I'm stressed. You know, it was an intense day. I was moving from thing to thing and really focused on teaching the students. And then in my counseling sessions, of course, I'm caring for clients and absorbing a lot of stuff in their lives and just worn out and kind of tired of being so uh, in such an intensive emotional engagement with people. Sounds like you really gave a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess it's, I guess it's draining. Yeah. I'm just Mm -hmm. pouring out. Trying to stay alert and present. It's hard. Yeah. Not only when I, of course, when I'm listening to people uh, when, and, but even when I'm, you know, teaching the class is an afternoon class today. And, uh, you know, I love the new hope counselors, some of them are older and they're just, you know, I realized that I'd like them to be there because they want to learn great insights from me and just be all eager to soak up the things I was teaching about depression and how to be an effective counselor for people who are discouraged and so forth. But, you know, I look out at the audience and some people are nodding off and, you know, it just seems like they're there because they wanted a hug from me and they want to talk to a friend and, so I don't kind of wonder why am I even doing this? Sounds like you're discouraged, honey, feeling discouraged and maybe even just weary of uh, so earnestly working hard, a lot of responsibility and not sure it's making a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I feel kind of insignificant. Like maybe my life would, in terms of my career, would be counting more if I had become a professor like I had thought it was going to do in graduate school. Mm. And had eager students that are wanting to learn from me. Yeah. Hard to feel content when, hard not to take it personally, maybe, when you fall asleep or. Yeah. It makes me think, well, maybe I'm boring. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Mm, sounds like you're feeling some doubt and maybe you're feeling some uh, discontent. Yeah. I'll start judging myself. Mm. Sad for you are getting discouraged and and then I start trying harder to be a better speaker or better teacher and mm, I can see why you're discouraged it's sounds discouraging I'm sad for you with this but I'm I'm also really respect how faithful you are there and I know you're loving these people you're training and I know that you're loving your clients and I know you're doing it as all unto the Lord and I appreciate your Paying the price, honey. And well, I try to remind myself that when I'm teaching, it's not about me. You know, it's about it's about the Lord, and we're in the Lord's presence, and He's the teacher, and I'm doing my best to provide some helpful insights and tools, and uh, some interesting, inspiring stories for the counselors. You know, I want to bless them, and mm-hmm. so you know, I remember their name. I give them a hug, and I know that Jesus would do that if He was me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed. That's great. I wish I could just be more encouraged and proud about that, but I think I, I just I turn it back on myself with just mm. getting. Well, maybe I'm not accomplishing much here. It's like a one-two punch. First, you get the, the hit from them falling asleep and not really wanting to be there, and then you punch yourself with this yeah, judgment I, on the other I, side. I guess I am punching oh. myself. Oh, I want you to be punched and to punch yourself. I love you. Well. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with me. I really, really appreciate you being vulnerable with me and 
telling me about your day helps me to appreciate you more and to know you and helps me to want you to be able to rest tonight and refresh. Well, and then, of course, I went from the class to seeing clients and, you know, doing double duty here, yeah. trying to do as much good as I can and trying to earn a living. And so then I went to see some clients and, you know, I'm glad I can do that. And it's really important for these people. And I, I think I was helpful, but I was a little tired because yeah. it was a full day getting ready for the class and I hadn't a lot enough time to prepare. And so that so was stressful. Yeah, it was. I was too compressed. I was, I was hurrying. And mm. do you feel anxious? Uh, well, a little, a little before the class, and then when I was late to my first appointment, I was, uh, yeah, I was stressed and mm. I was frustrated with myself. Mm. I, I guess I was kind of kicking at myself again about mm. trying to do too much because I, I, I know better, but I just trying to put it all together, you know? So then it was a lot to absorb the things that people were sharing with me. Yeah. It sounds like a really tiring day. You really gave a lot. I understand why you're so tired. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, as you know, it's a lot to really tune into people mm-hmm. and really listen to what's going on. And they've got significant issues in their life that they're trying to sort through. And so I, I need to, be helpful to them. And so I, I feel the responsibility. I feel the weight. And I guess, I guess that's what I've been feeling all day. Yeah. Everywhere I'm being responsible and people yeah. need me. Well, I really appreciate you trusting me with these feelings. Be willing to revisit the hard day with me. Take me through it. Thank you. Well, it helps that you're so persistent in a gentle way to be interested in my day. Well, thanks for trusting that I am and giving me the chance to listen. I appreciate you asking me without pressuring, and I appreciate your graciousness and pointing out that I'm putting a lot of judgment on myself and being difficult with myself. Yeah, I'm sad about that, honey. I love you. Don't want you under that harsh judgment. And I appreciate that you let me be vulnerable with you and stumble through this stuff. You're so good at talking about your feelings and your needs and uh, you're so articulate and I'm trying to catch up to you and how to respond to the things that uh, the heart and the soul, the the emotions and and so forth. And I appreciate that you're able to be strong for me. That's been something that's surprised me actually. I've been learning that recently, but it's really surprised me that uh, I I had to take courage that Mm -hmm. I could, I wouldn't like lose my uh, my manhood or something and, right. and being so vulnerable about and fumbling through trying to describe for you not just the events and the activity but my emotions and defined words and your ability to to tune into that and hold me emotionally is a real gift well i i love that cause it does help me to know you better and respect you more the fact that you'd be willing to do that and trust me in this way and i want to be able to be strong for you you're strong for me in so many ways and so it just feels like it gives us a healthier mutuality and it feels like you're respecting me and honoring me so thank you for that well i want to respect you and i've noticed as we've been doing this more that it does rebalance our relationship and it helps me have more to give to you also mm-hmm. to be able to listen t- to you when you want to talk about your feelings and something that you're struggling with. 
Yeah, well, it actually helps me to feel safer to do that, too, because like even now as you're vulnerable and sharing what you were feeling and in a sense you're confessing that, you know, you were struggling with some things today. Well, then it frees me up to be vulnerable and confess things I struggle with today. So now why is that? I don't totally understand that. Well, because then I'm just not looking at you as like you're perfect and you don't struggle mm. with any of these mm. emotions that are hard and negative or that you feel things too. Things are hard for you in life too. Mm. So when I have a weakness or I'm fumbling through trying to manage my life and my day, that helps you not to judge and shame yourself mm-hmm. yeah. for your tender, yes. vulnerable places. Yeah, because I respect you so much and I see you know you mm. and all your strength and godliness struggling with this stuff and it's like well yeah it's good to know <laughs> i'm not just this like horrible person mm. well i love you and i appreciate so much your heart and your tenderness i love that you're sensitive thanks honey and that you're learning to embrace that thanks so much thanks for learning with me so friends tuning in that was a role play there of a type of a conversation that we had uh, many times a number of years ago early in our marriage when I was the reluctant husband. Yep. <laughs> so how did that flashback feel for you, Christy? Yeah. Well, good. I mean, obviously we've grown. It was kind of stormy getting there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we each, especially me, had quite a bit of therapy to get me warmed up a little bit more so that we could have a conversation like that. Well, yeah, but it was, uh, thank you for pushing through, working hard on it. And I hope our listeners will take heart as well. And just to encourage those of you that you can't take responsibility if your partner isn't willing to work on this with you. You can't make them. Mm-hmm. You can lead them to the water, but you can't make them drink. You can keep inviting them. You can keep drinking in front of them. You can keep praying, but you you know don't feel like you're failing or doing something wrong if they're not responding because they've got to be willing to engage. Yeah. Keep praying is such a big part of this, you know, and just maybe closing on this point, honey, but you've been a true intercessor uh, for me, for our kids, for other family and friends, and your heart of mercy and in love is really most effective and prominent and honored by the Lord because of your secret prayers. Well, honey, that's that's a positive way to put it, but for our listeners' sakes, they don't idealize me and think I'm a saint. I was just <laughs> desperate. I just prayed because I was desperate. So God hears our desperate prayers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that our listeners will hear that that's the best way they can love that reluctant person in their life Yeah. who is okay. not disclosing their emotions so much. Is And hopefully you also will hear about, well, be careful that you don't uh, – pressure and, and hound and, and pound on that mm-hmm. door because that mobilizes the resistance and yeah. to sweeten the situation yeah, with important. quiet prayers, with waiting, and just some gentle, persistent yeah. questions and drawing out that family member or friend. Yeah. Be curious. Keep experimenting with different ways to invite them to come out and to trust and to share, but respectful when, when they don't and praying. Empathy yeah. works. Yes, it does. It's a great gift. Jesus, thank you that you care about our emotions and our relationships. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to help those that are in a relationship with somebody who's reluctant to get in touch with their emotions and share their emotions. Help them to feel your presence, your compassion and kindness and gentleness and humility and patience with them and to receive more and more of that from you and then to be led by your spirit, Lord, as they seek to 
connect and invite the one that they love to enter into this more and more too. Pray, Lord, that more and more our relationships would be filled with your love expressed in empathy and compassion and kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We are delighted to have you following the Lord Jesus with us. He is our true soul shepherd and the source of empathy. Thanks for sharing Soul Talks with your friends. In just the last two months, our community has grown by 50%. It's easy to use the share button on your podcast app or iTunes, or email a podcast link from our website, soulshepherding.org. Also, we hope you're receiving our weekly devotional emails and sharing those. They're free, and you can sign up at soulshepherding.org. 